Welcome to the Mile Marker Podcast. My name is Stacey Papp, and I will be your guide, taking you on a journey into the world of fleet automation and shared mobility, focusing on innovations for businesses with fleets. Joining me today is Mike Demler, a longtime semiconductor industry veteran, technology analyst, and strategic consultant. Over the last 10 years, Mike has authored numerous in-depth analysis of the innovative technologies driving advances in AI, ADAS, and autonomous vehicles. He co-authored five editions of the Lindley Group Guide to Processors for Deep Learning, along with the Guide to Processors for Advanced Automotive. He now offers his insights as an advisor to clients across a broad spectrum of the technology industry. Today, Mike joins us to talk about artificial intelligence, a topic on everyone's mind, and how its evolution will impact the future of fleet operations. Mike, welcome. It's so great to have you here. Hi, Stacey. Uh, I'm really excited to be here and, and to do this podcast. And thanks to you for conducting it and, and to Ride Sales for inviting me. Absolutely. So let's start off with AI. Again, a topic that's trending these days heavily. You can't really turn on the news or listen to the radio or even a podcast without that phrase coming up. It's been around for a long time, but it seems new. So can you start us off by explaining the evolution of AI and how it's impacted technology specifically? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. You're, you're absolutely right. I <laughs> I was in the grocery store and the cashier and her bagger were discussing it. And I was in a clothing store and, and the people there were talking about it. And all of a sudden I'm having, I'm having AI discussions uh, <laughs> while I'm checking out with my groceries. Um, but you're right. It's It's been around in one form or another for a while. And in fact, if you look at the history of computers, even, even before my time, of, uh, of the early computing machines that were mechanical. Uh, the, their inventors were, were just so got blown away by some simple capabilities like being able to do, uh, say a mathematical problem, addition, adding two numbers together. But they thought, well, that's something that only humans could do. And so before we know it, that in a few years, these machines will be able to have all the intelligence of a human. and and. Of course, they were way off, way ahead of time in mm -hmm. their predictions. Um, but then as things evolved, we got more into the electronic age. Uh, I, I think one of the one of the pivotal points was in the 50s or even before that, during the World War, uh, you know, Alan Turing, uh, you may have seen the movie, The, the Imitation Game. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason he called it The Imitation Game, it's, it's now known as the Turing Test of whether uh, somebody could be fooled into believing that a, that a computer was actually a human and, and behaved mm -hmm. in the same way that a human would. And, and that's still sort of the test of, of, of the so-called artificial intelligence uh, that, that you can now have uh, in, a, in a computer. And, and I think for me, the key was researchers for many years have been studying the human brain and, and looking at how do we develop knowledge and intelligence. And, and the brain is composed of, of something like 80 some billion neurons. And each of those neurons is basically like a little computing unit. Sure. And, and, and they're connected. They're connected in massive ways. And, and it's, but it's analog. And so the next key point was you can try and model that in an analog way, but it was the transition to the digital technology. And so for example, cameras went from being film-based to using digital sensors and having pixels. That's a format that lends itself very well to a, a computer doing analysis on it. 
uh, or, or for audio, for speech, and what we see now with, say, say chat GPT mm. of, of converting speech or text into a digital format, and now the computer can analyze it. So those, those are some of the key things that have happened. The, the AI has been in use now by the average person for years, and they don't even think about it. It's you know the face unlock on your phone. Uh, if you get a recommendation from Netflix or Amazon, those are all AI-based applications. And now we're seeing the next pivotal point, this explosion of interest generated by ChatGPT. And we're at the beginning of a new era where it'll be used across all kinds of industries. Well, you made it sound less scary because I'll tell you, this seems to be a very polarizing topic for people that, you know, you and I were talking when we originally met that AI is now being used in the graphic design space, specifically around, you know, things like Photoshop, that you don't have to have a photographer take a picture of a sunset on the beach in Nantucket. You can just ask for that. And it's, it's right there. And I was just talking to a coworker um, not that long ago about um, when you buy clothing online and they can, you know, just with a few questions about your style and your, your height and gosh forbid your weight. Um, but you know, all <laughs> critical yeah. you know, things, they can kind of mimic your body shape and you can virtually try on clothes. And while that seems really cool, cause I think a lot of us are still thinking like, it's so much fun to not have to leave the house. That's a little different, right? That's a little bit of a, a pivot from how we're used to consuming, um, and, you know, like you said, in the in the uh, tech space with um, face unlock on your phone, I remember when Apple rolled that out, I thought, oh, this is going to be so weird. And now it's like, you mean I had a home button at one point in time? It just feels so different. So it's the evolution kind of picks us up and carries it along, you know, carries us along with it rather than. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, you know, and, and sure, sometimes. Um, you know, issues arise, uh, uh, unexpected consequences and whatever that, that need to be dealt with. But, uh, yeah, you always have to weigh the benefits against uh, some of the other issues that might come up. And, and we can we can certainly discuss that uh, for this topic as well. Absolutely. So I want to pivot a little bit to how this impacts fleet. So can you share with us some of the benefits that you imagine machine learning and AI would deliver to those businesses who rely on fleets for their daily operations? Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, I think I think it is an emerging technology um, for a lot of the fleets. Must, excuse me, you're one of the big companies. I mean, you can imagine Amazon or FedEx. Sure. They, they've been employing uh, AI across their operations for years. There's no way to, to manage such a massive operation. But for, for smaller businesses, uh, I think we're seeing just some of the functions like, say, say going back to cameras, uh, advanced driver assistance systems. This is a technology that's increasing safety in, in passenger vehicles as well. Having Having cameras in the in the vehicle mm-hmm. that can uh, detect the blind spots, uh, provide uh, emergency braking functions, uh, overall improving the safety by bringing that AI-powered camera in, into the vehicle. And I know there's some some issues about privacy, but even a driver monitoring system uh, that would allow you. To detect if if the the driver uh, had a medical issue or 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 be able to 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 make some measurements of the the productivity of that driver, uh, so I think you know some of the uh, use of the technology overall uh, is just beginning, but it has a great amount of potential because not just using it reactively, 
but using it predictively and using it to optimize operations. That's where I see it going in the future. So I think that's a really important to, topic to keep continuing on. So a lot of fleet managers rely on that data that their vehicles deliver in order to navigate their day-to-day with a lot of time spent deciphering those numbers rather than making strategic decisions that impact overall operations and really help them to grow the business. What are some some of the common data points you see AI being able to help fleet managers interpret in order to make those strategic decisions? Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, again, it goes with, you've got all this data. I mean, AI, AI starts with the data. And going back to say chat GPT, how did it get so powerful? It, it's because along with the digitization of, of, of information, computing capabilities have advanced tremendously to be able to connect thousands and thousands of computers to analyze much larger databases. And that's beyond any human's capability to do that. Sure. And so so I imagine with, with the telematics, sure, you can get, you know, some information that tells you where the vehicle is or or how much fuel it has left or how many miles it's been on the road or, or whatever, but that's sort of reactive. And I, and I think that one of the, and I've seen this in other industries, is is using the data uh, for a machine, in this case, it's a, it's a vehicle, uh, to predictively uh, determine when it needs maintenance instead of waiting mm-hmm. for something to fail. And, uh, you know, it's interesting doing some research on, on specifically how, how some of the fleet managers are using this, I see a lot of wariness about doing that that way, or that it would cost more to bring in this software. But think about the cost of having a truck go down in the field um, or, or have an accident because of park rope. Uh, there's, there are other examples of factory automation where they're using um, predictive maintenance to, to, to save lots of money. Uh, but there's other things as well. Uh, the example you were using of of being able to do, be on a on a on a shopping site and have basically what the industry calls a digital twin. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this is being used in factories. Uh, BMW is an example uh, where they're before they build a new factory or or to optimize the one that they have in place, they have a model of it. And so, imagine that you have a model of all the routes, whatever, that's a city and you're, you're doing waste management or whatever your type of fleet might be, you can have a, a digital model and rather than wait for an emergency situation to occur, yeah. you can actually simulate it ahead of time and, and be ready uh, before it ever happens. So you also touched on another critical point. Um, So you keep transitioning into these topics, which is fantastic, is the human role in all of this. And it's very apparent and crucial that humans play a really big role when it comes to managing fleets. You talked a little bit about, you know, driver monitoring. There's still for right now drivers powering vehicles. Someone's still getting behind the wheel in most cases, um, you know, outside of an autonomous vehicle. But when it comes to fleets, it makes sense that AI can help manage and interpret that vehicle data. But again, going back to drivers, what about them? Do you think that AI will eventually replace that human component when it comes to managing people versus managing data? Or will we always still need that human touch in this process to not totally lose um, you know, that role that that a, a, an actual human being plays in ensuring the success and the safety of fleet-based businesses. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> well, I, I think we can talk about it in a few different ways. I mean, uh, we can get into whether it'll replace the, the human driver in the vehicle, but I'm sure. thinking more in, for the nearer term. <clears throat> it's not a matter of replacing, but uh, more in augmenting and improving the uh, the capabilities of the fleet manager. Um, take an example of, of emergency response. Um, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, mm-hmm. and uh, it's known for snowstorms. And you may recall this this past winter, they yeah. had one of the worst ever, uh, and and people died as a result. And I was just reading a news article where they're just now doing the analysis of what happened, and they're saying, well, there was a communication issue that they had the right equipment, but they weren't communicating properly. Well, you know what? If they had a digital twin of the various routes and the type of equipment and snow removal and emergency vehicles, and it was a coordinated effort, you could have probably uh, been more prepared. And and in a situation where rather than reacting, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's somebody in an emergency call center that's trying to sort through all the all the information that's coming in. And it's just not possible. It's just overwhelming. Sure. And so, so, so there's an example where you're a fleet manager, but you have, these tools available to you to help you do your job much better. It's not not going to replace you. It'll make your job easier, maybe reduce stress, uh, help you train the drivers uh, because they could be trained on one of these digital models uh, and rather than have to wait for them to get on the road and be trained in the field. Uh, and you can optimize your resource uh, management you may have uh, different kinds of customers, different kind of delivery situations, and some drivers may be better matched for certain situations, certain customers. And so these are all the things that the information that the AI program can get that you may not be able to discern as, a, as just a human being overwhelmed by all this data. Uh, there's lots of ways to augment and improve, but, but I don't think any fleet managers should worry about being replaced anytime soon. So it sounds like you're saying that AI and the human component can kind of live copacetically together, that they can live in, in harmony. And if you're using your digital twin, which I love that phrase. I think it's it has a really nice image to it, yet a little bit weird at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. They can live together, you know, in order to maybe be a little bit smarter or more seamless, especially with the incorporation of smart cities, which is a whole other topic in and of itself. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. it doesn't sound like something it's it's to be that's to be feared, so to speak. Right. I mean, used properly, it will improve productivity. And mm-hmm. use an example with there's a lot of concerns with, with say chat GPT of being able to to spit out text. <clears throat> well, th- that could be used as a template to be used more properly to, to help people get started on on creating some 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 document. Uh, it doesn't have to be a replacement, and, and it shouldn't be. So it's a similar, similar kind of vein here where it's not going to replace what you do, but, but imagine that, you know, you're bringing on a new driver, bringing on a new route or whatever, how much quicker you can get up to speed if you've got that in a digital form to use. So that that, that bodes the next question. Is AI something fleet managers should embrace or maybe still exercise a little a little bit of caution when they're thinking about it? I think there is certainly a little bit of caution just in terms of, I think like any new technology, 
Sure. Uh, not to get caught up in the craze of, oh my God, all of a sudden everybody wants to use AI, but mm-hmm. um, how it can be used to improve productivity. And, and, and I think this, it'll be a challenging, especially uh, for people that aren't so, so technology focused of, of bringing this in. And it's going to be more of a partnership and a collaboration with, with the various vendors of the hardware and the software you know, to be able to, to, to demonstrate the real value. Uh, I wouldn't just jump on converting to a, an AI-based system overnight, but I think the introduction of it gradually and coming up to speed and seeing what value can have uh, is, is not, not something that you need to fear, but you should start to look at adopting it. Um, and, and I think the collaboration is the key. Um, and I see more of that going on from the uh, from the, the, the tech companies that I follow that are developing the hardware or the software, uh, they're taking more of a, of a vertical market focus. Uh, there's a there's a concept called a foundation model, mm-hmm. and it's it's what, for example, is used with ChatGPT to make it something that would be used, say, in banking uh, versus just uh, for say. Uh, financial analysis or or some other application and and by working together the companies that are producing some of the software say well you give us your data and we'll help create a model specific to your business and that's that's the direction that this needs to go in to to to, to foster widespread adoption so keeping with the theme of evolution, and this is strictly an opinion-based question, and I love your your candid input, is has AI evolved enough where fleet managers can rely on this tool to assist in managing fleet operations? I think we've touched on this in pieces and parts throughout this interview, you know, when it comes to the human aspect of this, but you know, the evolution of it over time is something we've seen and experienced. You brought it up earlier when we started talking about, um, you know, face unlock or face ID and, and even when the first iPhone came out. But has it evolved enough where it's to say, OK, cool, we're going to go ahead and rely on this to manage maybe even just a small part of our fleet's operation? Yeah, I think it is It is mature to, to solve real problems. Um, I think the challenge is is to be a little bit more discriminating rather than just say um, AI in general because it, it has so many different facets to it. Um, it, it and, and even as a as a technology analyst uh, with my colleagues, we've had lots of discussions. We've we've even been reluctant to call it AI, we call it machine learning, call it something okay. that that seems less foreboding, that mm-hmm. less sci-fi based. Uh, and using your data to, to solve a real problem. And so anticipate, uh, what I would recommend to people is to, to anticipate that there's going to be a transition phase, but you, you, that you can look at perhaps other companies or other industries where this has been successful and, 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 and then begin to adopt it gradually, not just say AI in general. And it just, it just gets so, I don't know, it, it just, Treated so broadly mm-hmm. uh, in, in the in the popular media, uh, it's, it's difficult to drill down and look at one specific thing, one specific function, and 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 solve that problem rather than try and solve all your problems at once. That's 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 challenging, but uh, there are the tools. The the tools, like we started with with ADAS systems, with with route optimization, with combining your GPS and your telematics data 
to, to more efficiently deploy your fleet. Those, those things are, are problems that are, are, are ready to be solved now. Don't imagine that, oh, AI is going to take over. Yeah. I'm not going to need drivers. I'm not going to need humans in the office. That's not the way it works, but go solve some specific problems and, and see the benefit from there. So last question for you before we go, and those that listen to us regularly know this is my very favorite question to ask. It's the crystal ball question. So if you had a crystal ball, how do you see the evolution of AI impacting fleets in the next 10 years? Yeah, yeah, I love the question, too, uh, because, for example, in in terms of autonomous vehicles, self-driving cars, that's one of the things I've been following from the beginning and, and seeing how uh, overly bullish some of those early predictions are, but but in ten years we're talking in the in the in the twenty thirties, uh, you will see uh, a high level of autonomous capability in the vehicles, and and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I know, for example, that there's a driver shortage, uh, especially for some of the long haul trucking, and and even if you still have the human driver in the vehicle. Being able to at least partially automate the driving, reduce fatigue, uh, that, that would be a benefit. And, and so I know companies in the space that, that are already there are already deploying that. Uh, there's platooning, for example, that not only has a benefit potentially for uh, you know, reducing accidents with the drivers, but being able to actually uh, reduce fuel consumption because of, of the truck's ability to draft as they do in, say, NASCAR, sure. uh, mm-hmm. by following much more closely than you would be safe if a human was always solely in control. So, so there's that for, for in trucking. There's robo-taxis. If it's, if it's that kind of a fleet, we're seeing the first of those with, with Waymo and, and with GM Cruise, uh, currently mostly in in, in fair weather cities, Phoenix mm-hmm. uh, and other areas, like they are deploying in San Francisco and getting experience there. So in 10 years, you'll, you'll see uh, some robo-taxi services uh, in, in lots of cities. Um, the digital twins we talked about, I think that will be standard. Uh, there'll be more automation in the freight yards, more use of robotics, AI-based machinery there. Uh, it's just going to be used even more. It is, it is beginning to be used now in construction sites, uh, mining. Uh, again, not having to put people in the mines and having sure. robots take care. There's just so many opportunities for autonomous vehicles to aid in efficiency and safety. And that's where I see the biggest technology change that we'll see that people predicted 10 years ago would already be here. But in the next 10 years, I think for sure. Well, think where we were 10 years ago when it comes to just things like our phones and computers and, you know, your mind just starts to get blown. I always see those things on the Internet about, you know, certain generations not knowing what a rotary phone is. So, you know, I mean, we, I have a good one for you there. Uh, my niece had never seen a vinyl record and she was trying to come up with the terms to describe. She called it a radio disc. A radio disc. Oh, my goodness. Well, I feel like it's it's always an aging factor when you start to hear these stories, because I grew up in the era of CDs and Walkman. And that was I just actually saw this as a uh, answer to a clue on a game show. And the people that they were that were playing that were being asked had no idea what a Walkman was. And I thought that didn't seem so long ago. And 
that was about like 20, 25 years ago. So the evolution of technology, just like I said earlier, kind of just picks us up and takes it along right side with us. So it's it'll be interesting to see just how mobility um, ebbs with that evolution of technology. It, it's knocking at the door if it's not trying to get in already. And I think it's just one of those things. It's just a matter of time. So I want to thank you so much for lending your insights today on this topic of artificial intelligence. Like we said earlier, it's pretty polarizing, but you made it a little less scary. So thank you for that, especially when it comes to impacting fleet operations. Um, Again, your knowledge base is fantastic. And thank you for also doing a little bit of prognosticating with us about the future of fleets and AI. It's it's always nice to get a glimpse into people's brains of where they think, you know, technology and and how we move about is going to be in the next 10 years, which really isn't that that long. So again, Mike, thank you so much for being here here today um, and lending us your your brain power and we certainly appreciate it we look forward to hearing more from you soon oh thank you stacy i really enjoyed the discussion and uh and happy to uh, to talk about this topic anytime it's 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 really a very exciting space not not something that people should worry about but they should be excited about the advances that we'll see in the future well worry no more until the next time keep moving the world better Thank you for listening to the Mile Marker Podcast. Stay tuned for another episode full of insights and ideas to keep the mobility industry moving forward. In the meantime, follow us on social media and be sure to like, comment, and share today's episode.